You're listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. Alan and Paul, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Alan, right out of the gate, let's start with you. Tell me a bit about NC Solutions and, and what you do there. Sure. Uh, thank you, Richard, for having us on today. And thank you, Paul, for joining us and talking about the future of advertising today. Uh, at NCS, we're very much focused on elevating advertising effectiveness. And what I mean by that is that we collaborate with diverse clientele, uh, CPG brands, publishers, TV networks, retailers, and the like to enhance the effectiveness of their advertising campaigns. Uh, by providing actionable consumer behavior insights, we enable brands to better establish enduring connections with their audiences and buyers. Uh, we have solutions that empower our customers to leverage consumer purchase insights effortlessly. And these insights facilitate the creation of enduring consumer relationships to uh, assist brands to better understand and allowing them to cater to their audience's needs more effectively. And, We've been in business for uh, for about 14 years, and during that time, we've been a pioneer in the industry, uh, innovating along with the industry. Uh, continuous innovation delivers value to our customers, and, and together, we push the boundaries of advertising effectiveness. Thanks, Alan. And Paul, tell me a bit about your role at Bear. Yeah, so first, thank you for having me. Really excited for uh, the conversation today. Um, so my name is Paul Gelb, and uh, I am the head of media activation and investment at Bear. So I oversee a large team of traders that are hands-on keyboard buying media across our portfolio of uh, iconic brands um, in every major ad, uh, digital and linear ad format, uh, as well as a, a team of uh, investment leads that work with all of our key ad buying data uh, and media partners. One of the things I want to talk about today is the role of creativity. Um, Paul, I understand that Bear was awarded the Creative Data Campaign of the Year. First of all, congratulations. Tell us about how the data is creative and how is data creativity involved? Sure. Um, well, we we work very closely with the brands, uh, some of their creative agencies that produce the assets that we wind up using uh, from the earliest part of the process all the way through uh, delivery and execution. And, and data is really a thread throughout that. Uh, it comes from uh, really spending the time to get insights about the audiences, what their interests are, their behaviors, having that really in, inform the, the creative and different variations of creative that you're uh, building and producing uh, and giving those sort of assets and, and value to then traders who can, in other places, really match that most relevant ad creative concept that would resonate and communicate um, the, the health benefits of our, our suite of products to uh, consumers so that they can adopt self-care and deliver our mission and improving the health outcomes for consumers. So with that mission in, in mind, um, the data that informs it, and then also that, that makes sure that it's going to resonate with the consumer, but then also that it works um, within each platform that we're running. So today there are just 
a plethora of touch points with every consumer and having that created that not only connects that consumer and their interests and how they're best to be able to understand the information, uh, but also making sure that it's fundamentally it works in that environment that's being run, whether that's TikTok or programmatic display or connected TV. You know, Alan, um, NCS has released a report on the five keys to advertising effectiveness with creativity being the most important factor in driving incremental sales. Tell us, in what has been a largely data-driven industry for a number of years, possibly too many years, what is contributing to the importance of creativity? And beyond that, what are the other four keys? Uh, sure. So the, the data has always pointed to the importance of creative and driving incremental sales. We originally published this piece about how advertising works in 2017, but we had such high client demand to revisit it that we actually refreshed the data in 2023. And the piece looks at the five key drivers of advertising effectiveness, and they are brand, creative, targeting, reach, and recency. Uh, the advertising creative key, which we call creative quality in the original study, drives nearly half, 49% of incremental sales and remains the most critical driver of advertising effectiveness by a wide margin. Uh, its impact is unchanged from 2017. And this makes sense. The creative is really what the consumer engages with and remembers. Uh, it's about creating a connection with the consumer that resonates and ultimately drives sales. Uh, however, with all the changes in the digital marketplace since 2017, it should come as no surprise that there have been a few important evolutions in the key drivers of incremental sales. Uh, the most important change is the impact of brand factors, including things like customer loyalty, uh, market share, brand penetration, and the like. Uh, this key element is responsible for 21% of incremental sales, which is an increase of six percentage points since the original meta study that we did back in 2017. So it's worth noting that uh, the increase in the impact of brand factors on sales comes at the expense of audience reach, which now contributes 14% to incremental sales, but that's down eight percentage points from 2017. So our new analysis underscores just how much the balance is shifting in the advertising ecosystem. So what worked in 2017 won't be as effective now, right? These shifts in balance mean brands will need to adjust their advertising strategies. As brands increase investment in digital channels like CTV and social, the findings of the five keys will be even more important. You know, it's probably an understatement that there's been a growing concern about privacy in our industry. Um, Alan, tell us how you perceive this concern and our industry's general overall response to it. Yeah, well, let's say it's obviously really top of mind for all of us. At, at NCS, we have an unwavering uh, in our prioritization of consumer privacy as a fundamental principle. So our data and services uh, will ultimately emerge stronger uh, because they are inherently sourced from permissioned behavioral data of actual people and households. We have permission for everything we do. Uh, therefore, as the digital ecosystem moves from you know, third-party cookies to more people-based IDs, it gets closer to how we actually already operate. So our teams continuously work to stay abreast of evolving privacy standards, and we adopt uh, and adapt policies accordingly. Uh, the industry as a whole has been collaborating to address privacy concerns and supporting initiatives that promote uh, responsible data practices. So as cookies go away and as closed loop advertising platforms evolve, it's really important for advertisers to understand how their media investments are working. That's something that we do a lot of work in, in tying advertising outcomes. Uh, we found that our campaign measurement that as brands move dollars to addressable channels like CTV and social still works for them. Uh, we launched a clean room solution this year, 
uh, that helps advertisers take even more control over their data strategies as privacy becomes even more front and center. Um, it's an innovative method for brands to bring purchase insights in-house to support various ad effectiveness use cases. Uh, brands have access to a ready-to-use feed of CPG insights that provide weekly household purchase sales insights at the category brand or UPC level. And we've gone through the complex process of evaluating the quality of this data and running it through our rigorous procedures to ensure that it's privacy compliance. Our clients don't have to do that. Um, really great to innovate with our clients every step of the way uh, to promote these privacy-safe solutions. And Paul, anything you'd like to add from the bear side? Uh, absolutely. I think um, it really shouldn't come as any surprise or be controversial to say that and in today's world, it is often difficult to discuss a topic that has nuance and, and context. And I think when it comes to data privacy, there is increasingly even more risk that we are, are looking at it in, in extreme ways without um, fully understanding the, the benefits and as well the unintended costs as, as some of the ways um, that you can uh, pursue if you overreact to data privacy and miss the intent of addressing it. Uh, what I like to do every Sunday is actually have dinner uh, with my parents and my kids. And we, we actually talk to them about one thing that only existed in the 80s or 90s that they never experienced and see their reaction. And it's, it's pretty entertaining and humorous for that in the family. And the last Sunday dinner that we had, we talked about the phone book, which was uh, <laughs> a, a book that went out to everybody. It had their name, phone number, and address in it. And that's such a bizarre concept to them. Um, but when you put into context some of the privacy discussions, I think it, um, because it's in digital, it's related to digital and technology, there can be um, some misperceptions and, and misunderstandings and additional uh, fear that doesn't deserve to be there. What I will say is, if you are a small business and you're trying to succeed and, and get your product that you've been worked extremely hard in front of the right customers, if you don't have some ability to leverage data to target and to know what you're getting as a business, there's a huge negative impact on, on people's livelihoods and, and the ability to have competition in, in the market. Um, I think if you look at, at scenarios where regulation will only allow the biggest tech companies, so there is a, a monopoly over the ability to leverage data in marketing. Um, you will have less transparency. You will have uh, less competition to force it to be done the, the right way. And so I think you we really, in, in many ways, as, as marketers and as an industry, uh, need to be looking at that nuance and make sure that we aren't moving towards too far towards the other way, where all the, the negative impacts are actually happening from this regulation. And we haven't really shown necessarily the negative impacts from using data for more relevant marketing to get the message out of important products to enable jobs in the economy uh, while limiting any negative or un unintended use of that data. So we always want to comply with regulations, but at the same time, we want to be honest about what is really the cost, what is the, really the risk, where there are benefits, and making sure that what we're doing is going to improve the entire ecosystem um, and not necessarily be reactive uh, based on fear. Interesting stuff. I, I'm going to go over the monopoly here in just a moment. But first, I, I, I want to shift over to retail media networks. And Alan, this one's for you. What sort of impact have retail media networks had in the shift to first party data? 
Sure. I mean, I think first, let's just acknowledge the rise of retail media. Like it's been an incredible thing to watch. You know, obviously brands can harness first party data within retail media uh, for new opportunities. Uh, new approaches to consumer reach and segment creation emerge there. And uh, we're really working hard to evolve with the industry. You know, the amount of data within these networks is incredible. But therefore, it's easy to overlook the limitations of retail media network data. So they're very insightful about their own in-store and in-network in shopping behaviors. They don't have know anything about what's going on at sales at other retailers. It's an incomplete view. It doesn't track sales outside the network stores. Brands really need to understand the importance of measuring the rest of the market. It's vital to comprehend consumer behavior beyond the specific retail networks. Our research indicates that 50% of the time consumers see an ad in one store, uh, one network, they actually buy somewhere else. So if you're only measuring within that store, within that network, you're going to miss the lift that you get from actually working with that network. And understanding the impact across retailers is really critical. At NCS, we have an emphasis on holistic insights. 82% of brand marketers prioritize comprehending the rest of market sales. And we're honored to work with some of these big players in the industry and continue to be involved in these offers. Paul, kind of going back to the monopoly point that you had made, you know, there's an increased number of walled gardens out there and what feels like similar but very different data sets. How are you working to ensure that Bear's message continues to reach relevant audiences when, you know, so many of these things are locked up in all these different spaces? So we, we spent quite a bit of time around 2017, 2018 to flush out a plan that made sure that we uh, were doing everything we, we could to continue to find the right, right audience, um, measure uh, and, and have all the integrations that, that we need across platforms where we are running messaging and, and ads to consumers. And uh, I, I will say to date, even after uh, the changes to uh, Cookie and Identity and Firefox and then Safari and various browsers, the changes in iOS 14, um, and now even with the changes that we're seeing on, on Chrome, uh, we have not seen any significant impact in our ability to use uh, data and audiences from partners like NCS at scale, um, even at a hundred million people per week across all of our platforms. Now you, you do have the potential risk of overlap and not being able to manage frequency and over messaging or potentially under messaging. And while expensive, we, we have throughout the last five, six years, leverage partners that have integrations with these wall gardens that enable us to measure how much overlap we have, how much impact we have on frequency if we're trying to reach a large audience, um, which is the same fine audience across multiple platforms. And what we saw was uh, with the right audience design, the right budgeting and approach and technical smart buyers, monitoring hands on keyboards and how you're running those campaigns, the overlap was negligible and, and a fraction of what you would even see on just running ads and broadcast linear channels today where you can't control frequency. So right now, the, the big fear that we had had maybe five, six years ago of not being able to leverage data for audiences at scale across platforms to be able to measure it or to not be able to create to manage frequency to a point where it might impact the performance of the campaign and or get a terrible user experience for consumers, we have not seen any of those things been done thoughtfully, strategically, um, and well executed by a team of marketing professionals. Interesting. You know, 
2023 was undoubtedly the year of artificial intelligence, and I would have expected by now that um, I would start hearing repeat answers to, to this question, and I'm delighted that so far that hasn't been the case at all. I'm wondering, though, how are AI and machine learning playing a role at NCS and Bear? Um, Alan, let's start with you on this one. Sure. Well, obviously, the, the landscape's witnessing the pervasive influence of AI across various domains, right? AI has been a buzzword for years, but we really see its influence in the past year and the potential is yet to be realized. Uh, companies not embracing AI today risk lagging or losing competitiveness in their markets. Um, a lot of benefits from AI and also from machine learning, which is kind of like AI light, right? So utilizing AI and machine learning ensures enhanced agility, scalability, faster insights, uh, heightened precision and accelerated metrics outputs. Uh, at NCS, we've been using AI and machine learning in our solutions for years. Um, we hold the distinction of pioneering machine learning for audience segment creation, uh, as well as sales lift measurements in the industry. And years of implementation in NCS solutions highlight our early adoption and ongoing usage of uh, these kinds of technologies. Uh, machine learning is heavily integrated and integral into everything that we do ensuring seamless functionality, and we've also gained speed. Um, in 2024, we're going to hear more about establishing AI best practices. There are so many things to explore here. Establishing policies, training, uh, embracing diverse models are critical steps toward uh, effective AI utilization. Uh, examining cross-industry AI applications and, and adaptable approaches is essential for meeting evolving needs and use cases. And Paul, how about you? You know, one of my one of my favorite statistics I, I heard probably uh, 10, 15 years ago, and it was that if marketers bought digital um, or bought, bought linear the same way they bought programmatic and digital, it would require around 8 billion uh, employees to execute all those different transactions that you deliver in programmatic today. And so if you've grown up in the industry in real-time bidding and biddable ad marketplaces and programmatic, depending on your definition of AI, uh, it's been core to what um, you've done for the better part of a, a decade, if not more. Um, so a lot of these concepts and ways of working and ways of leveraging people and technology to have a better outcome and execute things more effectively as well as efficiently has been the day-to-day -day work experience for years and years. Now, I think when we're looking at it today and some of the advances that you have and capabilities that you have and how fast they're moving, um, we, we are seeing opportunities both in function-specific uh, tasks um, versus also just your day-to-day -day things that are administrative and more generalized uh, as an employee at any company. So. We've really been leaning in actually first building on top of what we've done in, in just digital marketing for decades of leveraging AI for um, email, meetings, and things of that nature that take up a ton of bandwidth but don't necessarily have as much of an output per headcount or per person or is the most enjoyable work uh, anyway. And so there are a number of tools to be able to communicate more clearly in emails with suggestions and having auto auto creation of executive summaries, making it more succinct. All that saves a ton of time. Having asynchronous meetings, all those operational things day to day, we are actually seeing today as the immediate low hanging fruit that has an enormous potential impact and allows you to focus more on the day to day advertising expertise areas um, that your role has. Now, the, the second step will definitely 
um, amplify those and, and what one person can do. Uh, but we still think we're, we're far away from a situation where people directing and instructing and creating the right rules and objectives uh, and frameworks to use AI together is not going to outperform just a completely automated uh, technology approach at the people component as being a significant part. Interesting stuff. Well, we're in a whole new year, just a few weeks into it. And as fate would have it, you're on the first new episode of this podcast of the new year. So I'd be remiss not to ask your views of the near future. What sort of expectations do you both have in terms of the opportunities and perhaps even the challenges in 2024? Paul, let's start with you on this one. I think the one constant is still going to be change. I think we're, we're still going to see a rapid evolution in terms of the skills needed to be the best uh, at, at what you do in, in our in our industries and in our in our functions. So I think the training, upskilling, staying on top of all the new t- uh, tools and offerings that from tech giants to startups are rolling out, from creative to audience targeting to campaign and investment management. So I think on an art to focusing on how do we make sure that we are upskilling people, supporting our team to uh, spend that time to learn, train and, and get new skills and then apply it to the experience and what they already know. I still think it is the empowerment of people is going to be the thread with technology. Um, it's just everything's going to be a lot faster and the support you need for to have a high functioning team and thinking that through. Um, it's going to take up a lot more of a, an executive time. Um, that said, I think CTV is going to continue to be something that that scales and the shift of behavior, investment, and content from uh, the more traditional linear broadcast model into uh, more streaming and CTV environments is likely going to be the biggest story out of all the media channels today on top of what it's going to take to execute um, across digital and all media channels in the future. And Alan, what is your crystal ball telling you? Well, I, I like everything Paul said. You know, I would I would uh, <laughs> agree that you know cha- that challenges bring opportunities, right? And and we kind of see four areas that uh, that we are focused on, and uh, we counsel our clients to think about. Uh, and we touched on some of them. You know, AI powered marketing is obviously really big. Uh, brands are putting more resourcing into it, from content creation all the way to campaign execution. Uh, there's already some consumer mistrust here, so brands really need to make sure they're using it ethically and need to put policies in place. And But if brands can get this right, it will really drive loyalty, market share, and profitability. So that's our first one. Uh, the second one we've also touched on, which is retail media, right? As more retail media networks come online, uh, there'll be a challenge to understanding how effective the channel is and how effective each network is. Uh, the retail media networks have a huge opportunity this year to demonstrate how effective they are in creating incremental sales. The ones that do will win and the ones that don't will fall out of favor. You know, we'll see kind of a shaking out here. Uh, Campaign measurement will be more important for measuring sales in their own stores as well as the rest of the market. That rest of market view is really critical. Uh, Third thing for us is really understanding the impact of media, both short term and long term. Uh, The short term sales impact of media will always remain important. Uh, Brands are able to make decisions about their current and future campaigns using incremental sales as the main KPI. And we've seen many more brands and publishers wanting to measure the long-term effect of advertising. Uh, Publishers can help brands understand the value of their advertising long after the first impressions. Uh, And finally, we see this blending of ads, content, and shopping, right? Uh, Content and advertising are melding. 
Uh, the purchase funnel is shrinking as buying becomes even more seamless for consumers. And there's a huge need to understand how effective these ads are at driving sales when the sales don't take place immediately. Uh, publishers have an opportunity to provide leadership in this area. And, uh, you know, we're really here to help. Excellent. Well, Alan, Paul, it was a pleasure to have you both on the show today. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds. You can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.